Uh, My text today will be from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. I've just got to find it myself. So I invite you to have a think about all of the things that you hold dear. Just take a minute and maybe think of the top three. That's all, just three things you have that are the three most valuable. Three things you cannot live without. You 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 really cherish them in your heart. Okay? Three things. Okay, think of three things. Now, I want you to think of three more things. These are things that you don't have right now, but either you want them or you might be anticipating them. Things you desire in your heart. And ask yourself, what are the top three things this time? Now, I don't need to know what these six things are that you're thinking of, but just keep them in the back of your mind while I preach. Because today I'm talking about treasures. Some treasures are earthly and some treasures are heavenly. Some are good investments and some are perhaps not so wise. So Matthew six nineteen to 24. It reads, uh, it's part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and uh, he is saying to the audience there, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but rather store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. I wasn't aware that thieves made it into heaven, but there you go. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So don't store up earthly treasures. Moth and vermin can eat away at them. Attrition. You know, there's there's other things, inflation rates. You know, you think you've got a lot of savings and there's an economic crash and suddenly your money's not as valuable as you thought it was. And then, of course, there's thieves and other nearby wells. Smash a window, break a few roof tiles, get in. And then your insurance premium goes up to try and replace the goods. There's a lot of, lot of stress. Things get lost, they get damaged, they cause worry. You need security. The more wealth you have, the more protection you need. And it goes around in a cycle until your home looks like Fort Knox. Earthly treasures, materialism, consumerism, a big house full of stuff, flashy car, high fashion. I once heard someone describe uh, modern life as... People working in jobs they don't like to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't care about. (laughs) 
Rather, a better way is to store up treasures in heaven. There's no vermin up there to destroy them. The thief cannot steal it away. Everything is secure, worry-free. It's so safe, the paving stones in the street are solid gold. What are the eternal things that survive beyond death? They say you can't take it with you, but there are some things you can take with you. Salvation goes beyond death. Spiritual gifts, the power of prayer, and the big three, faith, hope, and love. All else fades away, but these three things remain. Therefore, if you want to hoard something, if you want to collect something, hoard this. So how do we choose between these two? But with our heart. What our heart longs for is what we choose to chase after, and there our treasure is also. So the treasures of earth do not last. They wear out, they corrode, they get stolen. Far better to think of eternal terms and chase after eternal things. These treasures do not suffer the way earthly treasures do. So I ask, what does your heart long for? Because that is the treasure you will bring to yourself. Now the passage goes on to talk about eyes and light and darkness. Now light is often used as a symbol of righteousness and revelation. Be enlightened means to be made aware, to be able to see things clearly. Conversely, darkness is often used to mean sin and or ignorance. The eyes are the lamp of your body. Where you shine a lamp is what you will see. And what you see will be your focus. So what do your eyes focus on? Things of light or things of darkness? So our eyes are like lamps. They shine on the things that we gaze upon. But they also reveal something of ourselves. Some people, you look into their eyes and you see terrible darkness. And you know they are plotting something awful. There's just something nasty about them. Let us then have eyes of light, focusing on God and his heavenly treasures. Then the declaration that Jesus made to his disciples... You are the light of the world, rings true. Here Jesus makes plain the symbols that he's been talking about. We have a choice. We have a choice between God and money. God with his heavenly treasures, the light of the world, holiness itself, set apart from everything else, or money, Earthly treasures. How great is that darkness. The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Beginning with greed and then leading on to other sins. Wars have been fought over it. Lives have been lost in the love of gold. These two cannot be reconciled. 
One must be the master and one must be the servant. So do you serve God or do you expect him to serve you? Do you govern over your wealth or does your wealth dictate your lifestyle for you? Just who or what is in charge of your life? Because if it's not God and it's not you, then you've really got to wonder. We have a choice to make. Heaven, light and God, or else earth, darkness and wealth. This does not mean that money itself is intrinsically evil. This shirt costs some money. And that's no sin. But rather, servitude to wealth is evil. And it happens in all sorts of ways. Ask yourself, why do you work? Is it to accomplish something meaningful with the time that you have been given to you? Or are you just another paycheck to chip away at a debt, not really caring what you do? Be intentional, I urge you. Jesus gave us life that we might live it to the full. Don't just live to work, but rather work that you might live. Don't squander what you've got for something so cheap as cash. I'll just warn you, this bit gets a bit heavy. You see, earthly treasures and the pursuits of the world really are quite meaningless. The, the book of Job describes it really, really well. Time marches on. Okay, there's, there's, there's three, three main points in Job. Time marches on is the first one. The past is gone and its people are forgotten, but for a few notables were recorded in history. I have no idea who my great-grandparents are. I'm sure I've got them somewhere. They'll be in a cemetery. Um, but I don't know who they are. I don't know what their lives are like. And the generation before that I'm even less cluey about. People are born and people are die. We have forgotten the people who came before us and we in turn will be forgotten by those who come after. Warns. Sorry, Ecclesiastes, not Job. Ecclesiastes. Great wonders are built and constructed and they crumble into dust. The Pharos lighthouse is no more. The Colossus of Rhodes... Uh, got broken up for scrap after an earthquake. The pyramids are still kind of there, but the outer skin's been nicked for other building projects. The Sphinx's nose fell off. Uh, happens when you get old. Bits fall off. Empires rise and empires fall. There have been three Babylons. Rome has come and gone. The Eternal City is just an Italian capital now. It used to rule everything from Britain to Baghdad, but that's gone. The earth is ancient. It was here long before we ourselves were here, and it will remain long after we are forgotten. What monument, what reputation could you build that will withstand this? Everybody dies. 
Rich and poor. This is the second lesson of Ecclesiastes. Everybody dies rich and poor, righteous and unrighteous, religious and atheist, lazy and hardworking, good and bad. It all ends with a pit in the ground or maybe a pile of ash if you decide that. Ash in an urn on a shelf somewhere. What use are your amassed trinkets, your worldly treasures, when you're attending your own funeral? The pharaohs tried to take their treasures with them, but most of them are now in the London Museum, I understand. You can't. You can't take physical stuff with you. And the third lesson is that life is random. You can't control everything because the wheel of fortune and the wheel of fate spin. And today you might be a prince and tomorrow you might be a pauper. Your lottery ticket might be lucky this week or it might not be. You don't know. You can't control everything. Tragedy strikes when and where it will. Sydney had a dust storm and a flood in the same week bone dry and sopping wet. Queensland is up in flames with 200 separate fires. Who's next? (laughs) I'm not not going to say any more in case I jinx it. (laughs) I don't want to invite trouble, but tragedy strikes where it will and serendipity strikes where it will. Good fortune happens just as likely as bad. You can plan for the future, and that's a wise thing to do, but you can't guarantee it. Anything could happen tomorrow. There's some clouds outside, they could part for Jesus. So what do we do in the face of all of this? Because that's what happens to all the worldly stuff. It either fades with time, you die and can't do anything about it, or the random facts of life might just make your wealth worthless. So what do we do in the face of that? We acknowledge that Jesus knows what he's on about. Ecclesiastes' critique only applies to earthly or worldly pursuits. It's only depressing if you're investing in earthly treasures. This is not to say these things are evil per se, but they are temporary. Like smoke on the wind, they are here and then gone. It does not do to invest too heavily in them. Guard your heart, it is the wellspring of life. Heavenly treasures, however, are untouchable by time, death and chance. They wait for us in heaven, eternal, living and ordered by God. Pursue salvation, spiritual gifts, faith, hope, love, and all the other treasures God has laid up for you in his glory. And then let that glory shine forth from your eyes as a testament to he who is avoiding a life of darkness. Seek first the kingdom of God and put him upon the throne of your heart. Make everything else subject to him and he will look after you. He who is eternal does not fade with time. He who is resurrected does not die. 
And he who is king of kings rules a kingdom with authority. It is not arbitrary. It is not random. Decisions are made. Decrees are dispensed. He is in charge. Does he not care for the sparrow and decorate the grass with wildflowers? And yet these things are gone like that. So how much more will he care for you, his children? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store them up in heaven. No one can serve two masters. And I invite you to choose wisely your master today. Thank you. It's true, isn't it? There's no place for fence-sitters within Christianity. And um, it just doesn't work. We can't serve two masters. And that's good. That's good. It's good to know where you're going, where you're headed. It's good to have dreams, good to have a good vision, and to follow that vision which will end at the pearly gates, then the new, new, the new vision begins. For that one, I can't help you. <laughs> okay. I think we'll sing. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app, and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.